I was uh, pretty inspired last week by Graham's message. And I don't know if you remember, but there were three things he called on us to do, to do if we are to have a great life. One is to stop trying to please other people and please God. The second one was to uh, not get drawn into comparing ourselves with others. And the third one was not competing. I was inspired. And I left thinking, that's easy. I think I'm in for a great life. Feel like a, I don't know, three-star disciple of Jesus only. And, and I got to, got to work. And one of my col colleagues said to me, um, you know, can you do this particular thing? It wasn't on my job description. I knew it would take time. I didn't particularly want to do it. But my colleague at work is such a nice person. And I couldn't say no. Oh, no. I mean, I, I mean uh, for a start, they may not like me if I said no, so I said I would do it. And I thought, well, that, that still leaves me with two of the three things, right? So the next one was comparison. Early Tuesday morning, I read in the newspaper about a young upstart in New York who won the lottery. I thought, why do why, don't, why doesn't that ever happen? He's 24 years old or something. He's multi-millionaire. And I thought to myself, why doesn't that ever happen to me? You don't buy lottery tickets. That's exactly right. <laughs> he buys the lottery tickets and I don't. But I couldn't help compare. I think, what? And then Tuesday night, I was looking after uh, granddaughter Aaliyah. What do you want to do? She said, I want to play Monopoly. <laughs> so we played Monopoly. I love Monopoly. Brings out my competitive juices, you know. I couldn't believe it. Three things. In two days, I've failed in every single one. And it got me thinking. It's one thing to get inspired. It is another thing to take the principles of the Bible or anything else and embed them in my everyday life. You know, whether it's about health or fitness or dealing with attitudes or whatever, the challenge I have and the challenge you have is to take the things we learn and to Develop patterns of everyday life that embed them in our lives. Does that make sense? Patterns of behavior that are changed and that are daily. I don't want, a, I want a great life, but I want every day to matter and to be great. And if I'm to do that, I need to build those things into my life and and the question I have is, how do you do that? Even from a Christian perspective, there's a, a great, it's the great discipleship challenge for those who would call themselves Christians. Paul wrote in Galatians 5.25, he said this, Now that you live by the Spirit, in other words, now that you are a Christian, start acting like one. It's one thing, how many of you know, it's one thing to be, a Christian or call oneself a Christian, it's another thing to develop patterns of life 
that give glory to God every day of our lives. Do you see the difference? The, in Romans 12, the Christie read from us, the first 11 chapters of Romans are all about what God has done for us in his grace and love and mercy. It's all about not what we've done, it's about what God has done. Then you get to chapter 12 and the first word that she read out was, therefore. When you read the Bible and you see therefore, you always ask, wherefore the therefore? It's therefore. And then in chapter 12, those eight verses, he goes on to explain how you can embed that in your everyday life. And he says the center of the centerpiece of it is changing the way you think. Be transformed by the renewal, not removal, renewal of your mind. He says we've got to think differently. If we're going to take these things and embed them into our everyday lives, We've got to think differently. And he says this. In verse 1 he says, Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And then he says, This is your true and proper worship. That verse I've put on the card in front of you if you want to look at it. And what I've put there is, in my margin of my book, Think differently. If you're going to really live the life you want to live with the values that you want to live out every day, think differently about how you worship. Now let me explain something about worship. We've tended to, in the church, reduce worship to a kind of Sunday morning ritual. I want to say to you, when you see the word worship and you think, what's that about? It's not a religious ritual. The word worship is actually translated service. It's worship is how you serve. As Bob Dylan said a few years ago, you've got to serve somebody. You've got to serve something. And so we need to think differently, not about worship as, a, as this, which is fantastic and I look forward to it, but as something we do every day. If we want to live and embed the values we're talking about here in everyday life, we've got to understand that worship is not what we do here. It's what we do out there every day. Someone said worship is like worth ship it's giving you something self to something that's worth giving to and choosing to do that each day there was a radio station that ran a competition and um, the competition was a monetary prize for the person who rang up and said the most interesting thing as the first thing they said when they got up in the morning so the announcer said, what was the first thing you said this morning? And we're just waiting to get the best response. We're going to give a monetary prize. Yeah, they, they got all kinds of things, you know. One was, oh, God, it's morning, you know. Someone said, um, uh, did you put the dog out? And the answer was, we haven't got a dog. Well, 
you got all of these things. Oh, interesting thing. And then someone rang up and they had a very uh, Middle Eastern um, accent. Tell us what you said. This, what was the first thing you said this morning? And the person said, do you really want to know? He said, yeah, what was the first thing you said this morning? He said, okay. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. There is one God, and God calls us to do that. It was the Israel Shema. Every Jewish person says that is the first thing they say every morning. There was silence on the radio. <laughs> and the announcer eventually said, well, let's cut to an advert. Didn't comment on it at all. But wasn't that interesting? Do you know what a difference it would make to our lives? If the first thing we said to ourselves or out loud or whatever every day was, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve that which I think has worth and value. What a difference it would make to our day. So that's why Paul says a, a, a key thing there, he says is, offer yourselves every day to his work. And then he goes on. And he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. We need to think differently, first of all, about how we worship. We need to think differently about what we imitate. Do not conform, is do not imitate, do not copy the pattern of this world and the way it does things. If you want to embed these principles into your daily life, Stop imitating the wrong thing. Now, I in a past life was a primary school teacher. And I learned really early on that the best form of learning was not the three R's. Or learning by discovery. Or learning by flipped learning or whatever it is. I learned very quickly that children learn most by imitation. Cultures have understood this for centuries. The Jewish culture understood this with a rabbi who would spend time with one person and they wouldn't say, listen to what I say. They'd say, watch how I live. It's the imitation. Now in our world, our primary influence is the media. And when we naturally start to imitate things we look at what's happening there and we think that it affects the way we dress the way we speak a whole lot of stuff a few years ago there was a great basketballer called michael jordan and the the great phrase they use and i found young people were running around saying be like mike be like mike be like mike it was the phrase now you could say you know be like katie perry or Anybody who's a celebrity. But I want to say to you this morning and make a recommendation. The Bible here in the Gospels talks about a man named Jesus. 
And Jesus is not a contemporary celebrity. But in my understanding, I don't know anybody worth following like Jesus. I don't know anyone worth copying, imitating like Jesus. 20 times in the Gospels, he says, follow me, imitate me, do what I do, speak like I speak, pick up my rhythms of grace and imitate these. We need to think differently about who and what we imitate if we're going to embed these things into our lives. But then there's a third one. I usually have a third one, as we found out last week. Think differently about how you worship. Think differently about what you imitate and choose to imitate. And thirdly, think differently about who you are. In verse 3 of Romans 12, Paul, who wrote this, says this. Think about yourself. And when you think about yourself, think, do it with what he calls sober judgment. Think about yourself, but do so soberly. The word we might use for the word sober is humble. Listen, a holy life is a humble life. If we want to live the kind of life that we are called and created to live, we need to live a humble life. So think of yourself, think of yourself in sober terms. How many of you know this morning? Self-perception matters. It matters a lot about the, the way we see ourselves matters. And it is a primary determinant. And I would say this more than the other two I've mentioned this morning. I think it is the primary determinant of your daily behaviour. The way you view yourself. Stanford University there in California is, uh, is um, a research university. And in 2011, the researchers in neuroscience and behavioural science saw that there was a link between the way we see ourselves and the way we behave. And they wanted to prove it for once and for all. So they, they got student groups together and they asked them surveys and the, uh, questions and they ran surveys and they noticed that the way they expressed the responses to the surveys affected the way they behaved the following week. It was an interesting thing. There was an election coming up. And so they asked them whether they were going to vote or not. Now, I'm going to put this on the board because I want you to kind of see it. They changed the words in the survey for two different groups. In one group, they used the words, are you going to vote? In the other, they asked the question differently. They said, are you going to be a voter? Do you see the difference? One is behavioural. One 
is an identity question. Who am I? See the difference? They followed up the people who said what they intended to do in the two groups. One group said this, one group that's there. This group was twice as likely to actually vote in the coming week in their survey. Twice as likely. And in fact, not just twice as likely, they followed through and found that double the number of people who actually described themselves and saw themselves as voters actually voted. They did another one with two different groups. And this was around uh, food and temptation to eat the wrong food. And the behaviour when you're tempted to eat the wrong food. And in one group, they instructed them to say, I can't. And in this group, they instructed them to say, and it's a very subtle difference, but it was, I don't. This one is a, a statement of behaviour the difference is with this one, it's a, it's, a, it's a description of who I am. I don't do that. As they went out the door, these students, they had a choice of a chocolate bar and a really healthy nut bar. The people that ate, that chose the chocolate bar were more likely to be this group and this group chose the healthy bar. Twice as likely. What they're saying is simply this, and it's what the Bible's been saying for 2,000 years, and I constantly come across situations like this. Who I am and who I believe myself to be is, a highly, is highly determinant for what I do when it comes to the crunch. Now listen. Read the Bible and you'll see things like this. I am a child of God. I'm a son of God. We are the people of God. You are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. When it comes to saying that, we can feel inspired. But when it comes to during the week, when there are so many temptations at work, to just cheat just a little. To open the internet, which has opened every age to a whole lot of stuff. When we switch that on, the question we ask ourselves when we're called to, to just bend things a little bit is, who am I? And our answer is, I'm a child of God. And children of God, they don't do that. Children of God do this. Make sense? Social scientists say that when it comes to developing habits of everyday life, everyday life, there are three things that matter. They say the motivation and energy to do it. Secondly, the skills, ability to do it. And thirdly, the trigger to do it. I want to say to you this morning, there's no greater motivation to live 
the Christian life than understanding what true worship actually is. That is our motivation, to get up each day and begin each day by seeking to serve God. Not like necessarily the, the Jewish uh, guy who started with Shema, but just to be able to pray and say, God, this is your day. I want to serve you. Or you might say, I want to be true to the values that matter to me today. And I'm going to do that. So that's the motivation. The ability to do it comes from learning and following people who do it. And I would say in this case, particularly reading the Gospels and understanding the life of Jesus. Jesus knew how to live. The third one was the trigger. And the trigger is that thing that you need at any given moment on any given day. And I'm putting to you that the trigger is my identity in Jesus Christ. And knowing at any moment, this is who I am. I'm a son of God, a child of God. How to make my life better. How to make every day. Those three things.